You're listening to a sermon from Redemption Church, Calgary South. We exist to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission by seeing the lost redeemed, the redeemed matured, and the matured multiplied for the glory of Jesus Christ. For more information, visit redemptioncalgarysouth.com. As we talked about uh, what I would speak on this morning, uh, Pastor Quentin was wondering if I would share our story uh, about our family, and some of you have heard of it, some, some, some have not, and, um, but just some of the things that we've learned in our story. Uh, usually we go verse by verse uh, through a book of the Bible, but this morning it's going to be more like a testimonial, as Paul did in the book of Acts, and the things that um, the Lord has taught our family, and uh, most of all, I pray that as we go through this, that you'll see that our God is someone who's to be trusted, He is someone who is faithful, and, uh, and that he's given us the body of Christ uh, to get through uh, this life together. I call this sermon Living in Reality because I think as I've gone through trials, that's really when you live in reality. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's, there's, you can kind of live in make-believe land when you think that you're in control. You know, like, here's my plan for the week, and here's all the things I'm going to do, and, and you kind of think that you maybe are, have something to do with what's happening. But then when a trial happens, it's like, uh, I'm not in control. Uh, I, 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 I don't have the power to be able to deal with this. I need someone to help me. I need the Lord to help me. I pray that that's your, that's your thought as you think about trials, that you turn to him and uh, uh, Tozer talks about t- uh, trials. He says this, Only after an ordeal of painful self-probing are we likely to s- discover what we actually believe about God. And when life is good, and, and uh, of course there's a whole lot of preachers being cast on TV as we speak or this morning, right? I'm like, hey, God wants you to have a great life, you know, and just so send us some money and he's going to make you rich and healthy and it's just going to be great, right? And there's a lot of people who live like that and, and, and it's great until what? Until the trial, until the health condition, until, the, until the, you lose your job and then that, that, that gospel that's being preached doesn't, doesn't match up anymore. And I think if you are a person of the word, you're going to realize that God says that trials will come in our life. As I look around, I don't know some of you, but I, and, and I haven't got to talk to many of you in a while, but you either have been in a trial, or you're in a trial, or you're about to go in a trial. That's, that's kind of our life until Christ should return. And so I pray this morning as we think about our family's trial, that, that the Lord would just strengthen you in Him, that He would deepen your conviction of, of who He is, and that uh, if you're trusting in anything other than Jesus Christ this morning, that he would show you that as well. So let me, let me pray for us one more time, and then we're going to get into it. God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, you are good, and your mercies are new every morning. And so this morning, as we breathe air once again, as we Um, have the means to be here. God, we recognize your faithfulness, your goodness to us. That, Lord, we are here because of you. And as a result of that, Lord, we want to to worship you today. God, I am so thankful, Lord, that you know every heart here today. You know exactly what they need to hear. And pray, Lord, I pray that you would just take 
um, the, our testimony, your word, and Lord, use it to encourage your people, to strengthen your people today. Lord, if there be anyone here today who is not trusting in you, they're, they're trusting in something else or someone else, God, I pray that you would just show them that as well. And that, God, you would be brought glory and honor through our time this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, everyone got a Bible? You guys do that here? Okay, everyone, if you don't have a Bible, Gavin, you'll give them a Bible? Okay, so if you don't have a Bible, just slip up your hand, and uh, Gavin will get you one. But um, we're going we're gonna to kind of be like going from, we're not going to be like expositing anything. We're going to be like, here, look at this verse, see here. Now go over here, see this verse, right? And, and uh, what you ought to do is you got to write them down and then say, hey, is this preacher keeping things in context or not, right? Is he pulling things out of context? If, he's, if he is, then don't listen to him, okay? So uh, that's, that's something you ought to be doing each Sunday, just making sure you're keeping the pastor accountable. All right, so we're going to see three challenges uh, in this sermon. One, cry out to Jesus in prayer. Two, trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And three, embrace, embrace the body of Christ. And if you've been a believer for any amount of time, you're like, yeah, uh, that, that sounds good. I think, I think we all know that. But I want to I flesh that out. And as we, as we do, I'm going to the, the, the outline's a little messy, all right? The guys are like, okay, is this what you wanted or not? Because I'm not going to be like, under this point, here's these three points, and then under these, is this going to kind of be messy because life is messy, right? Okay? Are you still there? Okay. And, and, and uh, so let me, just, let me just start by telling you our story. Um, so, so we came to Can- back to Canada in uh, May of 2010, uh, Lord, and, and we're, we're praying that uh, the Lord would help us to start a church, all right? And, uh, and I'm so thankful that, that I see things are, are going well here, and God is building his church here. But, but when we got here in May of 2010, we're like, okay, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work, but we, we, uh, we launched in September of 2010, and, uh, and, and things were going well. It was really busy, but things were going well, and... Um, we had celebrated our one-year anniversary in, in 2011, and then in December, we installed elders. It was like, okay, here we go. And then 10 days later, um, Hope had a, a tonsillectomy. My daughter, Hope, uh, she was nine at that time, and uh, tonsillectomy. If you're like me at the time, it's like, okay, no big deal, whatever. Like, that, that happens all the time. And so December 12th, she had her tonsillectomy. The next day, um, you know, her throat was sore, but it, that's how it goes. And then early morning, December 14th, it was about 5.30 in the morning. Um, Hope was up and uh, Heather was, was, uh, was up with her and she had just got sick. She had thrown up and Heather was just recovering from the flu. And we're like, you know what? Let, let's just not go anywhere tomorrow, right? So we're just going to get up when we get up and that's what our day will look like. And um, so Around nine o'clock, I woke up and started having these same flu uh, problems. And, um, and so when I woke up, Heather could hear um, hope, just sounded like a, kind of like a gurgling sound, like a, like a coffee percolator, if I could describe it that way. And, um, and so she's like, oh, she you know, she's, she must be congested. I'm going to go get her to cough that up. And, and so she went down. And uh, when she got to hope, she could see that her, that her lips were blue. Heather is a nurse by trade. She could see her lips were blue, and she was unresponsive. And so she called the 911, or I called 911, and um, the ambulance came and tried to establish an airway. 
they got that done, and then they got her into an ambulance, and then we headed off to Children's Hospital. Not, not having any clue as to what was going on or why this was happening, but uh, we're, we're going to trust in the Lord. And so Gabs and I hopped in the vehicle, and, and uh, we got down to the Children's Hospital, and then by the time we got down there, the ambulance had made it, and um, I found out that Hope had had a heart attack in the, in the, van, or in the ambulance on the way down for about 10 to 12 minutes. And uh, then they, they had got her heart going again, and, um, and uh, it was just our heads were spinning. We had no idea what God was doing. And so all that day, her lungs were, were damaged, and uh, her heart was damaged, obviously. And so they put her on an oscillator for, for lungs, just trying to kind of get them going again. And then her, her heart would just, it would just keep having problems all day long. And so sometime in the evening, everything is a little bit of a blur, to be honest, as you think back on that. But sometime in that evening, they, um, they said that they needed to do a heart-lung bypass that they felt like that was Hope's only chance to live and um, that, that, um, that it was risky, but, but that's all they had. So we went in and we prayed with Hope and we kissed her goodbye and she's still unconscious at that time. And a couple hours later, they came back and said the surgery had been successful, but now they needed to transfer her to Edmonton because the particular machine that she was on only... Uh, is overseen by staff up in Edmonton. They have all the equipment there for that. So they, they got her up to Edmonton. We got there about 5.30 the next morning. And, um, and that next day, it just wasn't great. There wasn't a whole lot of change in Hope's condition. And then the doctor came around that night around 7 o'clock. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, things look okay. And my wife, again, being a nurse, she's like, you know, things don't look okay. Like, you know, just be honest with us. Like, what, what do you think? And he said, I could tell you she has a 10% chance or a 20% chance. I'm just, you know, but you just have to have hope. And um, I just remember hearing those words and just, like, just being devastated. Like, I, I thought, you know, I, I was the kind of person, you get sick, you go to the hospital, and it just gets better. Like, that's how it works, right? If you don't get to the hospital, I mean, that could be a problem. But if you get to the hospital, it's going to be okay. And, um, and so to hear that hope could still die, it just crushed me. And I remember um, going off into the hallway with Heather and just saying, like, God picked the wrong guy. Like, I can't handle this. And um, so thankful for that. I mean, just uh, words of truth. I didn't know I was speaking at that time. I mean, um, I, I, was, I would never have been able to survive what we went through if it wasn't for the Lord. And so, um, so we went to, we went to prayer, and, I, and this is my first point, cry out to Jesus in prayer, and cry out in humility, cry out in humility. I'm not sure that I truly understood what it meant to cry out to God until this trial. Psalm 88 once is this, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Psalm 130 verse 1 says this, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Have you ever had those kind of prayers where it's just, it's just, it, it, it's coming out of the depths, as the psalmist said. Where you're just crying out and you're, and you're coming in, in humility. You're coming because you realize you have nothing to offer in the situation. And that if God doesn't show up, then, then all will be lost. There's nothing that you can do. He is God and he is God alone. 
And, and sometimes, sometimes we don't pray like that, right? Sometimes we pray like, you know, oh, hey, God, uh, here's my list of stuff I need. Would you do that? That's great. Thanks. I'm on my way, right? And that, that sometimes is our prayer life. But if we really understand prayer, if we really understand who he is, we ought to come in awe and anticipation, sometimes with anguish, with our anguish and just saying, God, I know you're there. I've just been reading this book, um, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, and uh, he points out the fact 50 psalms are lament psalms, where the psalmist is coming and just saying, God, where are you? Where are you? And it wasn't that the psalmist had bad theology, right? He, he knew God was there, and that's why he goes to him. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, whatever trial you may be facing, whatever trial will you, will is going to come your way, that you would cry out to him, cry out in humility. The next thing I want to encourage you with is to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust his word. Trust his word. So, We'd heard the devastating news. We prayed, and then um, I went in back into the room where Hope was at, and you know, just wires and tubes everywhere, and she's still unconscious. And uh, I just, I just like, Lord, I need to hear from you. I need to hear from you. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what is going on for our family, but I need to hear for you from you. And so I turned to Psalm, or sorry, uh, turned to Psalm 25. Maybe just a, a note before we get there. How many of you believe that the word of God is true? How many of you, how many believe that every word of this is true? How many of us are walking in it? Now, Jesus says this in Matthew 7, 24 to 25. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And as I thought about, as our, I mean, literally it was like a storm going on, right? Have you ever had those times in your life where you're like, you're not sure what is going to happen and everything is just swirling around? This is the rock. This is the rock. And so by God's grace, I turn to Psalms. I get to Psalm 25. I'm not, you know, I'm not a big fan of this kind of Bible study, you know what I mean? But, but I, I, you know, I didn't know where to turn. But the Lord had me turn to Psalm 25, and as I read, I read this. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. I mean, those are words I desperately needed to hear, that, that if I was to put my trust in him, that I would not be put to shame. I didn't know whether hope was going to live through the night or not, but I did know this, that if I put my hope in him, that I would not be put to shame. And so we, we, we continue to, to be resolved that way. And I want to just encourage you this morning that if you're putting your hope in something else, know that that thing is crumbling. Know that it is not the rock. Put your hope in him and him alone. He is worthy of our trust, as we're going to see in just a moment. So the next morning we wake up, and, uh, well, I don't know. We never really went to sleep, to be honest, but it was the next morning. And, um, and Hope's health starts changing, and uh, 
her heart and lungs start getting stronger and they have to, I'm not, if you want the technical stuff, you have to talk to Heather, but they, they keep turning it down because her heart keeps getting better and better. And finally, like, we got to get her off of this bypass. And it's like, you know, it's a Friday afternoon. I'm like, okay, well, that was a really good lesson we've all learned. You know, I know I've learned it and now, you know, like, hope's just going to get better and that's just going to be great. And so Saturday, uh, Hope is starting to move. She's still not cognizant. She's not like awake or anything, but she's starting to move. And so they, they tie her arms down so that she doesn't kind of grab at something when she did wake up. And, and so that's Saturday. Sunday, they're like, we're going to transfer you back to Calgary now because that's where you're from. And, and, um, and so while they're getting ready, Heather's there with Hope, and she just noticed like a little rhythmic twitch like this. And uh, so, so Heather's like, you know, she's talking with the other nurse, like, seems like, you know, maybe, is that like a, a seizure activity? And um, it's like, yeah, maybe. And so they did a CAT scan, and they seen that Hope's brain had, had suffered some injury. And uh, they said, well, maybe, you know, as a result of the heart attack, maybe that's what's going on uh, from the oxygen deprivation. And so they thought, you know, we're not sure what that means. It looks like there's a little bit of damage there, but it doesn't look too bad. And so, again, that wasn't news that we were wanting. And so, again, I was reminded that we need to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. A second thing I want us to encourage us with under that category is to trust his character. Trust his character. Again, I, I turned in, in the Lord, and in, in, sorry, in God's word, and, and found Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3, 21 to 26. Again, I just encourage you to write these things down. But Lamentations 3, 21 through 26, it says this. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Anyone know anything about Lamentations? I mean, Jeremiah's life, you, nobody wants it. All right? Of all the people in the Bible, you're like, no one is like, oh, I really hope I'm a Jeremiah. You know, that guy, his ministry was, was anguish. And God told him it would be, hey, here's your deal. You're going to go and you're going to preach for your whole life and no one's going to listen to you. Well, that's a great job, right? But that's his life. And they've been exiled. And when you look at the book of Lamentations and, and everything is, is just unimaginably terrible in his life. And so when you, when you read these words, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope, it's like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. If he has hope in his situation, I want to listen to what he has to say. He says this, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I mean, God loves you right now as much as he's ever going to love you. It never changes. His love is steadfast. I desperately needed to hear that in this hour of trial, that his love was still there. Of course, Romans 8 reminds us that, 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 that nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. And then Jeremiah continues on, his mercies never come to an end. When do his mercies come to an end? What does it say? They never do. They never come to an end. They are new every morning. Those words were just locked in for the trial that God was about to set, give, uh, continue us on. And we've seen his mercies new every morning. And then he says this, great is your faithfulness. We serve a God who is so faithful. Do you believe that this morning? No matter what you're facing, whether it's what you had wanted or not, God is faithful every day. 
and his faithfulness is great. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And Jeremiah realized his, his hope was not in his circumstances. They were not in anything else around him, but his hope was in God. And then he says this, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And then he says this, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I mean, those words are so important. And whatever trial that you're going through, that he is faithful and that we can put our trust in him. Be reminded of his character when you're going through difficult times. That he is good, that he is, he is, his, his love is steadfast, that his faithfulness is great. And then if you're, you're ever wondering, if you're like, God, is that really true of you? Are you really good? Are you really loving? Are you really faithful? Then you just need to go to where? To the cross. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he went to the cross for you and I. He didn't have to. He didn't have to be part of the plan, right? God is God. He didn't have to save us. He didn't have to, to make a way that you and I could know him, but he did. And we're told in John three sixteen that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. And so Christ came, he lived the perfect life, and then he went on a cross for you and I. As he hung on that cross, your sin, my sin was placed upon him. And, and then the wrath of God was placed on him. The wrath that was due me, that was due you. And he suffered on our behalf because of his love, because of his faithfulness. He died and on the third day he rose again. And he's defeated sin. He's defeated death. He's defeated Satan. And one day soon, amen, one day soon he's going to come back. But in the meantime, he's told you, and in this world you will have trouble. So when you're going through those times, remember his character. Remember that we serve a God who is faithful. May you and I be like Simon Peter in John 6, 68 to 69. It says this, Simon Peter answered and he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter, do you want to go too? I've just said some really difficult things and there's a lot of people who have just left and Peter says, no way. You are the one. You are the one. To whom else shall we go? You are the, have the words of eternal life. And so this morning, I, I want to encourage you that he is a God to be trusted. He is a God who, is, who has made a way for you to be saved. I don't know your heart this morning. I don't know if somehow you've wandered in here. Maybe you were going to come to an early movie. I don't know what you're doing. But you, God somehow brought you here, and you're wondering why you're here. But God brought you here. I want you to hear this morning that you can be saved. The Revelation 22 says this, that if anyone is thirsty, let him come. Let him come. Our God has made a way that you and I can be reconciled to him. And there is no better place to be than with God when you're going through this life. So we got to Calgary and um, as we got here, um, Hope started having seizure after seizure after seizure. Not just the 
you know, the little thumb thing, but just like full-scale seizures. And so they, they medicated her uh, that day um, to the point where she wasn't having seizures anymore. And then um, the next day they give a, a, took her in and did an MRI. And as they did the MRI, they found that Hope had a brain injury that was global. And she had 60 to 80% damage on every lobe of her brain. Again, this was not what we wanted to hear. And um, I remember the doctor who told us um, that Hope's brain injury was to the extent it was, she just kept telling us over and over again. I, we, called, we nicknamed her Dr. Doomsday. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, it's, we've been at that hospital so much over the last seven and a half years. I, I've never seen that lady again. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, where, I don't know where she went. But, but uh, she just kept telling us that. And so finally I just said, you know, we get it. We understand. Our, our situation physically, medically is not good. But we know the one who created her and he can heal her. And even if he doesn't, we're going to praise him. And so she was like, okay, well, I guess I don't need to tell you anymore. <laughs> so, so this was the beginning of, um, uh, well, I mean, the hospital uh, placed us with palliative care in the early days. Uh, because no one really thought hope was going to get very far. And so January, they start talking about, okay, uh, what's the, the checkout plan going to be? Hope had slowly gained consciousness, but she just lay there. There really wasn't much she could do. She, her eyes were open, and she could look at us, but there, there, wasn't, there wasn't really anything. She couldn't communicate in any way, and, um, and they really felt that that could be it for hope in her recovery. So they're talking about getting us home in mid-January, and then Hope started having a thing called dystonia and neurostorming. And what that looked like is, if anyone ever had like a leg cramp? Like that's a lot of fun. Remember, you know, like when you wake up and your leg is cramping and there's nothing really you can do. Like, so, so with Hope, that wasn't just in her leg, that was in her entire body to the point where like she would like lift off the bed and so uh, the staff that we had at that time, they were like, well, I don't know, maybe this is part of Hope's recovery. Like, is, is her brain kind of waking up? We're, we're not sure. And, and thankfully, there was a doctor who came along who had seen Hope's situation, and they're like, we need to get her into ICU right away, and we need to get her on drugs uh, to the point where she's not having these anymore. And uh, again, um, another challenge, cry out to Jesus in prayer cry out in faith. So we're, we're getting closer to the two-month time at this point. And uh, we just had seen hope suffer so much. And uh, I remember praying a prayer that I hadn't prayed up until that point. And I remember saying that if it was best for hope, that the Lord would take her to be home with him. That's not a prayer I wanted to pray, but I felt like I'd kind of been living like this. Lord, you have to give this. Lord, you have to heal hope. You have to, like you, what you, like you have to do this. And I felt like the Lord was just saying, can you just open your hand? Can you just open your hand? Our God is someone who is to be trusted. And sometimes the hardest prayers are to say, God, you're in control. You're in control. And I want what you want. Is that how you pray? Is that, 
Is that your heart towards the Lord? You know, when you think about it, me demanding my way is just ridiculous, really. Like, what do I know? He is the God who knows everything. He knows everything about us. He knows everything about this world. He knows everything about our future. He, knows that he even knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows everything about you. There's some people who teach us that, you know, you just, if you have the faith, you just go and you just tell God what to do. You basically, you just tell him what to do. You, you say, you know, you're like, I, I, in, the, in the name of Jesus, do this. You know, like it's like some kind of magical formula. In the name of Jesus should be like, Lord, if this is your will. That's, really, that's what that means. We can't tell God what to do. And I've had to learn that over and over again. But God is faithful. You guys remember the guy by the name of Job? Yeah. So he, he, he had a little bit of a trial, right? I mean, he'd lost everything. He even lost his health. And his wife, in encouragement, just told him to curse God and die, right? That was her encouragement to him. And, uh, and then he gets these great friends. They come along and just say, like, hey, <clears throat> why don't you just repent? Because obviously what's going on in your life is because of sin. So why don't you just repent? He's like, look, I, I mean... I've lived a faithful life. And so he, he starts to take his complaint up with the Lord, right? He says, God, why, why is this? If I could just stand before him and present my case. And so the Lord allows him to do that, right? He just says, well, just one minute before you present your case, can I just say a few things? And then he just begins from Job 37 right through to 42. He just says, this is who I am. And then, then Job responds as we all ought to at the end of that. He says, in Job 42, two, verses 2, 5, and 6, he says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. May God give us the grace to see God for who he really is. Going back to his character, that he's good, that he's faithful, that I don't have to demand anything of God. I mean, I can go to the Lord I see, I see some young, younger children here, right? <clears throat> when they come to dad, they may or may not have a whole lot of knowledge about what they're asking, right? Hey, 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 dad, can I play with this chainsaw? Right? Well, like a good dad's going to say what? No, that's not a great idea, right? And, and, and well, but I really want to. Like, it'll really be fun. Like, no, that's, it's not good for you, right? And in the same way, when we come to the Lord, we can, we can come as a three-year-old, I remember being so encouraged reading uh, Johnny Erickson Tata's book. Um, she, she was, at this stage in her life, she had she'd been a quadriplegic for th- 30 years, but she was still praying that God might heal her. I was like, that, that is, that's just amazing. And so what we can do is we can come to the Lord and we can ask, and then we just, in faith, say, I trust you. I trust you. I'm believing you can do it. It's not one of these like double-minded prayers. No, I'm coming and I'm asking, but I'm also believing that you're a God who will answer in the right way because you are God. And so cry out in faith. Cry out in faith. So Hope's situation, again, she, she was uh, in ICU and they had, had figured out that there is, um, they had done this with, I think, was it one other kid they had done this? 
you know, one other kid they had done this with. And so there's a, there's a pump they said we can put into Hope's abdomen and then uh, we'll feed this tube up to the top of her spine and then it'll just drip out um, muscle relaxant. And that will help Hope not to have this, this neurostorming, this, these, these, this dystonia that she was having. And so we're like, okay, like what would... Um, what would the, be the, the results if, if Hope you know, started getting better and she didn't need it anymore? Oh, no, she's always going to need it. Yeah, that's, that's great. But like, what would, what would be the signs if she didn't need it? No, she's always going to need it. That was the, one of the first of the, this is never going to happen, which we kind of like wish that they would say never on almost everything after. You'll see what I'm talking about in just a moment. But so, so, that, so we have that surgery and like, okay. That's dealt with. Then her stomach stops working for like a month. I guess what we'll do, the doctors were recommending, why don't we just open the bottom of her stomach open and that, that's, that'll fix this problem and then it'll just go through. Well, um, you know, she'll never be able to, to you know, eat. Like, or sorry, they said if she, if she, I, 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 that was sorry, that was the question I had. What would happen if she would eat someday? Well, that's never going to happen. I mean, she, she might, have like a little taste of this or that, but she's never going to be able to eat. So it was like, okay, um, uh, we're, we're going to need to think about this. And by God's grace, her stomach started starting the next day, so we didn't have to make that decision. And then, um, so she got a G-tube in in April, and, uh, and we went home in mid-May. So we'd been there for five months. As we left, Hope could not talk. She could not walk. She could not eat. She was blind, although we didn't, we didn't know that yet. She was incontinent, and we, knew, we had no idea how much she understood about the world around her. As I think about those first five months, I want to encourage you with this. Embrace the body of Christ. Embrace their care. Embrace their care. How many of you, when, you, when you're having troubles, having problems, have a tough time asking for help? Anyone like that? You know, like you can have a piano on your back, right? Do you need some help with that? No, I'm good. You know, I'm good. And why is that? It's because of our pride. Okay, thank you, right? I was going to give you a hint. It's, you know, rhymes with ride. Um, but, but it's because of our pride. We don't want to. But I want to just encourage you, embrace the body of Christ. When you're having trials, when you're having problems, share with someone. Have, have people come around you. In the last seven and a half years, the way that God has used the body of Christ to come around us is just incredible. So again, remember, our church is young. It's even younger than your church is today. And, and, and so, like, what are we going to do? So the fellowship we're a part of, they, they started sending pastors to preach on Sundays and to help the, the leaders. Like, the elders had been there, like, 10 days. They were elders, you know? <laughs> like, they're like, what are we supposed to do? And so they come alongside, and they're, they're trying to help them and encourage them. And, uh, and, of course, they were a great encouragement to our family as well as they'd come in. Uh, through uh, the combination of our church family and the, and the families of the Christian school that we were going to, we had two meals a day brought to us at the hospital for five months. I mean, the staff was like, we don't see this like a, in a week kind of thing. We, like, the fact that, that this is for five months just blew them away. We were able to leave the hospital in a wheelchair because the, or sorry, in the wheelchair, in a wheelchair van because the, um, 
the school that the girls were going to. The parents got together and, and raised money together and then Love Lost Charities between those two things. We were able to get into a wheelchair accessible van. And then uh, in 2013, there was a, a woman in Airdrie, that's where we live, who uh, is a, a home builder there. And she's like, I've, I've been following you guys' story. I'm a believer. And I just think that God wants to, us to help you get into a wheelchair accessible home. So you find out what the bank will give you and we'll figure out what we can do and we'll get you into a wheelchair accessible home. And so we got into a, a home that's wheelchair, wheel, 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 eh, wheelchair accessible in September 2013. In Matthew 25, it talks about caring for those who are hungry and thirsty and a stranger. And Jesus says that when we do that, that you do it, when you do it to the least of the brothers, you do it to me. And again, so just remember the, the opportunity and the privilege. You're either in a place right now where you're able to help someone or you're in a place right now where you need help from someone. And that, that, those roles are going to change over the years. But I want to just encourage you to embrace the care of the body of Christ. Now, this church, Lord willing, will continue to, to grow both in, in numbers but in, in, in maturity. And I pray that this would be a place where you can just grow up together, right? Watch everyone have kids and they grow up and, and it, it's, you're doing life together. That's what God desires of his people. So going back to May of 2012, um, we, it was Heather's birthday, and her mom said, do you mind if I just try to, it seems like Hope would, wouldn't mind just trying a little bit of food, you know? So before that, you'd just put it on her lips and Hope would gag, and there's like, she couldn't eat. But that time, you know, Grandma gives her a little bit, and she kind of, she likes it, and so again, we're being really careful because, you know, the choking risk and all that, but she, she Add a little bit of here, a little bit there. And, and, um, and by the fall, Hope was eating to the point where she could get the G-tube out. That was, one of the first, that was one of the first nevers. Hope will never eat. Well, she was eating. She's doing great with that today, all right? And um, then in, uh, not too long after that, Hope, Hope said her first word, which was Gabby. That's her sister. And... Um, the Lord has uh, used Gabby in remarkable ways over the years. And uh, the first year and a half, they slept in the same bed. And um, even when stuff would happen, Gab's was like, she'd go and wash off and say, okay, let's, let's continue on. And she's just been such a great support for her sister. Uh, just turned 15 now and um, on her way to 18 at, sometimes it seems. But God has just really molded her in, in being able to handle the ups and downs of life. I'm so thankful for her. I remember the first time that uh, she and Hope had their first fight. Like parents, like to be honest, right? Like that's not a great time of the day, you know, when the kids are getting into it. But the first time we heard that was like, was so sweet. It was just like normalcy, right? Like it was just like, God, thank you. Like it was just a taste of something normal. And... Um, and so we were really encouraged by these things and, and we're thinking, okay, they, they say the first year is really important for Hope's brain injury recovery. And, and so we had those early signs, but then in September, things started going downhill again. And the whole month, Hope would just, she, she could, the, the little bit she could say, she would just cry out, help me, God, help me, help me. Like it was just over and over again and we had no idea what was going on. October, she would have, a, I can't remember the name of the syndrome, but she would just laugh out loud. 
they just out of the blue, and they would just go on and on. And, and, um, and then she developed whooping cough. November, she stopped eating after having that G2 boat. She had stopped eating for about 10 days, and she just got so thin and fragile. In December, she started having really bad seizures where her breathing would stop. And um, in January, she was, uh, she's, she was just angry. She's angry. She spit out her meds, refused to take them. And in February, they decided they were going to transition Hope out of the, the hospital's school into a regular school. And when she was leaving, they're like, she has very low cognition. I mean, this was not, again, what we had wanted. But again, we're reminded that we needed to trust in the Lord. Trust his plan. Trust his plan. The whole year, it seemed like we had taken a step forward and two steps back. And it can be discouraging when things like that happen, especially when the trials go on, right? Like we're, I mean, a trial for a day or two, but when it's going on, you know, this is like over a year later. And God reminded me of this scripture, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. When life is hard and we struggle to find answers, we need to, again, go back and just realize his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And and sometimes we're not going to get what we want, but his ways are better. And again, we need to remember that, that, that he is faithful and he is in control that he is merciful, that his love is steadfast. I'm no longer how long to trial. I want to encourage you to continue to go back to him again and again and again. And sometimes we're tempted to say, I I wish things were different. But I just want to encourage you. Stop wishing you were somewhere else, you were doing something else, you had something else, and just start looking at what God's doing in your situation right now. Just start looking at what he's doing now. He's doing great things. Even in the midst of, of brokenness and pain, he is at work and he desires us to trust him and, and to be used of us for his glory and for, the, and for his honor. One way that God cares for us in these times is, again, through the body of Christ. We, I talked about embracing the, the care of the body of Christ. We also need to embrace their correction. Anybody get off path every now and then when it comes to your faith, right? Like we need people around us to come along and just say, hey, hey, not quite like this, but like this, right? If you've been in the faith for a long time, you, you're Lord willing, you know the word of God, but sometimes we just need people to remind us of it. Not in a condescending way, not in a flippant way, but just coming along and weeping with those who weep and and mourning with those who mourn, but then reminding us of God's faithfulness, reminding us of God's goodness and just walking with us through it. God brought so many different people into our life over the years for that and still does, thankfully. Proverbs 27, five and six says this, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so sometimes I would be discouraged and I would have my eyes over here and God would just bring someone in my life to get me back on the right path. Over and over again, God did that for our family. Continuing on with Hope's story, May 2013, we're starting to see gains in Hope's speech. June 2013, Hope became continent. Cognitively, she could still only count to 10. 
in May of that year, June of that year. So this is 2013, so we're, we're coming on the two years by this time. But Hope, she's this one of those kids that she gets something in her mind that she's going to do something. She just keeps on it, right? So she'd go one, two, three, five, six. Oh, I did it again. It was like her mind was jumbled. She, couldn't, she knew she was messing up, but she, she didn't know how to do it. Well, that whole summer, she just kept counting, counting, counting. By the end of the summer, she got to 25,000. And by September that year, when she went back to school, she was spelling the word aerodynamics. We're like, okay, things have changed here, right? Things are changing. God is, God is growing hope. And, um, and so, again, we're really thankful. You remember that pump? Never going to come out? Hope, hope just... She started from what we could see as mom and dad, right? As we being with her every day, we're like, she just, it seems like maybe if they turned that pump down a little bit, it would, it would be better. But, but um, it was a little bit of a battle. So we get them to do it and, and we'd see hope improve. That was really good. And then for a while, it would make, like, it seemed like she'd start to digress again. So we'd ask again. And they, there's this, this ongoing battle, which is a little long story, but I'm running out of time, so I'm going to tell you. But, that, but here's the story. Here's the end of the story. That same surgeon who said that would never happen was the surgeon who removed the pump. You know, it was one of those deals where you're just like, <laughs> you remember, remember, remember? <laughs> And, and, and you want to say that, but, you know, we will try to be gracious too. But, um, but, but God did it. God did it. And so um, she got the pump removed. Another setback a couple weeks later, she had infection as a result of all that. But God, again, got her through that. Embrace the body of Christ, their care, their correction. Embrace their compassion. If I can just share with you as well. We were, um, Romans 12, 15 tells us, tells us to weep with those who weep. Hope had developed a thing called scoliosis, and why that was, no one really knows. But her back started getting curved and curved and curved, and there was a lot of great people trying to help us out and, and just saying, hey, um, try this brace, and have you try, thought about this thing? And so we had looked at a bunch of different things, and we, this particular doctor's appointment, I just remembered as clear as day, it was 2014, and, um, and we're like, okay, we're going to tell the doctor, yeah, we get it, she's going to need surgery maybe someday, but we're going to try these other things first because we're just going to see what God's going to do here. And so that was the plan coming in. And, they, she, and Hope had had a, an x-ray, and uh, when they seen the x-ray, like, man, we need to do surgery because Hope's, Hope's Curvature is happening, it happens so much now that it's actually starting to crush her lungs. And it's going to get worse and worse for her. And so we, get, we need to get a surgery planned as soon as possible. And I wrestled with that so much. Because again, I was like, you know, get, you know, this again? I was like, you know, I was like, no, like it can't be this way. And I, I argued with this doctor for like 45 minutes. He was so gracious to me. And then, and then, and I don't think the guy's a believer, but he, he was like, can I just say something that, that my dad had said to me when I was younger? And he tells me the serenity prayer. You know the serenity prayer about like learning to, to know what I can do and then to trust God for the rest of it? I mean, God's using this pagan doctor to minister to my soul. Like how great is God, right? So, so we get out of there and then we're like, oh, we're supposed to go to so-and-so's place tonight. And like it take, everything had taken so long, like we're supposed to go there like right away. How many of you think that we wanted to do that? 
Like, I just want to go home and cry and just, like, pout. Really, that's what I wanted to do. And, and uh, but we're like, okay, well, let's go. I mean, they're, they're, they're good friends. And so we went, we went there, and they had kids similar age to our kids, and just to hear them laughing together, and then just to let, you know, this couple know what we'd just been through that day, and just to weep together, like it was just what we needed. And again, I want to just encourage you, embrace the body of Christ. Embrace their care, their correction, and their compassion. Because that's definitely what we needed at that time. Well, as I said, it's been seven and a half years since all this happened. Uh, some of you might have watched as Hope walked up those stairs. Um, she still can't walk uh, without help, right? And, um, but we continue to pray that maybe God would allow that. Hope still can't see. Um, she uh, has what they call a cortical visual impairment. Thank you, Gabby. Um, and, um, and that means her eyes aren't, ours are working, but her brain doesn't know what to do with that. And so again, we're just praying that God would maybe help her with that. And, uh, and uh, she still has seizures uh, from time to time. But God has just brought her so far. Um, spiritually, she was baptized a couple of years ago. Um, cognitively, she's in grade 12, going into her grade 12 year. Like she's rocking it. And if she gets anything less than an A, she's really discouraged, <laughs> which we're like, oh, that's not normal. And, um, and physically, we're just continuing prayer for, for hope as well. As I close, I just want to share um, a poem that Hope wrote a few years back. She loves English. That's her favorite subject. We don't know what God's plan is for her, but maybe a writer. Uh, that would be a desire that she would have. But she had to write an acrostic poem and uh, using imagery and personification. If you're like me, you're just not really sure what that means, but this is, um, this is what she had to do. And so this was the poem that she came up with. And um, her acrostic spells, wheelchair. Want to go for a stroll, Hope? Says my wheelchair to me. Happily, Hope replies, what would I do without you? Everywhere I go, you keep me company, my friend. Eyeballs stare as we go past, maybe wondering how we met. Living with you can be hard at times because I'd rather use my feet, but I like that you carry me through. Comfortably sitting on your cushy seat carries me to a fluffy, fluffy cloud of heavenly bliss. Helping me every day to get from here to there, able to get through my day because you bear my weight. I love you, my wheelchair friend, even though you bring me pain and grief. Riding along, you will be part of the story God is writing for me. Cry out to him in prayer. Cry out in hope. Cry out in hope. I just want to encourage you that we have a God who is so good. And we know that the graces that he's shown us this last seven and a half years, we don't deserve them, but he has been really faithful to get us through so much. And I don't know what trials you're going through. Or what you might think on the down days. For me, sometimes it's like, oh, Lord, like, what is Hope going to do after she graduates? And Lord, I know you, you're, you know her heart, and she'd like to have her own family someday, and would that ever happen for her? And, you know, you just kind of like, what if, what if? And God, what will you? And he just reminds me, like, just stop with that. And just trust me. Just trust me. One of the things that carried us through uh, in the early days was something that Hope had said about a month before everything happened. 
I had been over in Nepal and worried about losing luggage and all that. And Heather was a little bit worried about it too. And, and Hope just said to her, Mom, if Jesus comes back tomorrow, what does it all matter? And I was like, as a nine-year-old, I was like, that's great. That's a really good theology. And it was just, you know, like that, isn't that, isn't that true? If Jesus is coming back tomorrow, then we can get through anything today. And that's our hope. We don't know. It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. But we do know this. He's coming back. And he is faithful. And I just want to encourage you this morning. Put your trust in him. Put your trust in him. Romans 8.18 says this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth compared, comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. So hope may see in this lifetime, or the first thing she see might be Jesus. She may not walk in this life, but I know that someday she will leap in front of her Lord. That's our hope. That's our hope. Redemption, as a brother in the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know that I love you. And my desire is that you would be a faithful people of God. That you would be people who stand on the word of God and that you would faithfully minister to one another and allow yourselves to be ministered to. Jesus is worthy of our trust. Trust his word, trust his character, trust his plan. He has given us the body of Christ. Embrace their care, embrace their correction, embrace their compassion. Cry out to him in prayer. Cry out in humility, Cry out in faith. Cry out in hope. Let me pray. Lord, we are in awe of who you are. That God, you who are so great and mighty, that Lord, you would care about any of us. That Lord, you do. You care for us in such intimate ways. Lord, if I had time to, to recount the fact that your mercies are new every morning, Lord, we just seen it again and again. And Lord, we do see it continually to this day. And Lord, we know if you were to tarry, Lord, we will continue to see it. Lord, your steadfast, your steadfast love has carried us through so much. Lord, your, your faithfulness is great. And God, I'm so thankful again that you know every heart here this morning. Lord, you know what they need in their life. God, I pray that you'd give them humility to just to trust in you, to embrace the things that, Lord, you have for them, your, your word, the body of Christ, the power of prayer. God, help them to, to embrace these things that you've given us, Lord, to go through the trials of this life. And Lord, in all of these things, this is our desire, that you would be brought glory and that, Lord, we would be found ready when you return. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.